Man, what a boring episode to end the season on. It's almost like it was just something that was a contractual obligation that was basically forced on someone who was otherwise not interested in doing so. In fact, was leaving the show when the contract forced him to continue writing this. If that sounds familiar, it's not the last time this will happen on TOS. So yeah, Karabatsos, I've mentioned him several times. He had actually technically already left the show by the time they were like, oh, you 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 were on contract, you owe me a script. Roddenberry was like that, and he was like, oh, uh, I, I don't know what to write. I'm, I'm not, that, that's not what I do. And so Roddenberry was like, well, why don't you write this episode? And, he, and Roddenberry pitched the episode, and Karabatsos was like, okay. So then we have this episode. Not really impressed. Uh, I think my first note here, right across the, is, is for the intro. And then my next note is for the mystery of the setup. And then my third note uh, shows up uh, about when Spock starts doing things, which is about 20 minutes into the episode. <sighs> Herschel Dougherty actually directed this one. He will also show up again later for the Savage Curtain. And... Um, Blackburn shows up in this one. The guy who was the Gorn, remember him? He shows up three times in the background in this episode. It's actually funny. Uh, so there's this mass insanity that's moving across the galaxy. And we've tracked it across the centuries. Uh, okay. And we found it here. Aha! So we need to figure out what's going on. But then there's this Denovan. I keep wanting to say Denevan because I'm English. Uh, Denovan. It's like, oh my god, we need to get to this Denovan and save him. No, he went into the sun. I'm free, I'm free. I'll give you credit for that, for showing that nice and early. The mystery isn't exactly bad. Not really. So they go down to this planet. So first of all, there's mass insanity. They go down to the planet. The people say one thing and act another thing. And then there's the woman who's desperately for help, and she's struggling with pain. And, of course, it's a woman who's resistant because she's a woman who's also given birth. So, okay, sure. <laughs> well, maybe she's had kidney stones. Uh, oh, and, by the way, Kirk's brother, who is played by William Shatner, is super dead. So that's neat. Uh, this is actually funny, by the way. Kirk's nephew, Kirk's brother's son, is played by the kid from And the Children Shall Lead. I recognized him immediately. He's, he's like the main kid from that episode. And I was like, oh, cool, I wonder what he does in this episode. It turns out the answer is nothing. He, doesn't, he isn't even awakened in the entire episode. He's just here. Okay. So the sensors don't detect anything. Of course they don't. And the brain parasite, the neuroparasites, exhibit pain in order to control people. Now, what's interesting is they apparently cause pain no matter what. It's just then they also cause pain to control people. So that's neat. Uh, sounds a lot like Dagger of the Mind, actually. Um, so they go and they find them, finally. It's like, oh, there they are. It might be a trap. Let's back out of here. Okay. And they turn around and casually saunter away. And Spock is just leisurely walking up the staircase when one of them stings him in the back. Because, I don't know. <laughs> uh, so then he uses discipline to get through the pain. You ever been in real pain? Like, real pain. I have. Uh, mostly thanks to the kidney stone issue. I am exceptionally familiar with pain. What's funny is before that, I also had had severe experiences with severe amounts of pain, thanks to my leg. Um, never actually, like, there's, there's just a unique sensation about basically crawling 
and trying to drag the gelatin that is left of your leg indoors so you can call and try and you know fix the situation. Yeah, um, that was fun. I'm not saying this to engender sympathy, though, just to try and establish that I do have a, a small familiarity with pain. And I hope most of you don't, in all honesty. But the reason I bring all this up is, in my studies, I have I've discovered that there's all sorts of layers and levels of pain, and we all have our own tolerances. And there's different types of pain, too, which we have greater or lesser tolerance thereof, right? But then there's debilitating pain. Doesn't matter what it's coming from. It's it's a categorization, not a not a type. Debilitating pain is when it gets to the point where you can't function anymore. And I don't mean like, you know, you can't do your job. No, I mean you can't stand up properly because your body just isn't working because of how much damage it's doing. From what I understand, asterisk, that level of pain is actually causing literal damage to your nerves because of how much and how hard it's being transmitted. I don't understand the specifics. Don't don't ask me on that one. I have been through debilitating pain. The reason I bring all this up is it looks like that's kind of what happens in this episode, and that's actually what's killing some of the people. It push, pushes so much pain through them and is directly affecting their nerves at, at, at a direct tactile level that it's that it kills them, that it goes the step past debilitating pain which is just horrifying to think about. This also then makes Spock's accomplishment all the more impressive in the wake of how much he is able to discipline himself through that. That he is, you know, at this horrific level of pain and is able to discipline himself to try and control it. And even he mentions that he does not have total control and that it is a thing that he is slowly losing the battle for. Which makes sense. It's probably one of the stronger parts of the episode, which is why I'm pausing to talk about this so much, because i got nothing else to talk about, but also because it's an interesting idea. This interesting idea and some of the very human moments with Kirk and his worry about his nephew actually really help bolster this episode, which is good, because otherwise this would probably be in running for lamentation category. This is a really dumb episode, I'm sorry. In my opinion, it is a very dumb episode. Um, Spock breaks his restraints and goes through his big plan to go down to capture a science specimen. You realize you'd have to contact them to get beamed up, right? <laughs> like, why doesn't Spock just try to convince Kirk to begin with? No, instead he decides to start a fight, knock out Leslie, and have to be held at gunpoint by Scotty. By the way, I love the fact that Scotty, the engineer, goes for the gun. Anyways... So no, then he tries to convince Kirk of the plan, and McCoy's like, damn it, we can't do this. You don't understand, Bones. He's the only way to do it. And then it immediately cuts to the planet. This is a good time to mention that this isn't a very good script. It feels very much like a script that's just kind of thrown together and doesn't really know what it wants to do, and I'm saying that regardless of the fact that I know that it was a script written by someone who didn't really know what to do and was only doing it because of contractual obligations. This is a bad script. There's a lot of weird dialogue, a lot of weird construction, the, even the initial mystery is solved extremely quickly, and then just, the episode just kind of meanders for the last 20 minutes of its runtime. So they they capture a specimen, okay, they bring it up, and they try to use the, the power of the sun to kill it, okay. Meanwhile, Kirk brings up the fact that he'll have to execute General Order 24 in order to, to, to salvage the situation. 
Now that's actually an interesting idea and a wonderful thing that could have been built up on, you know, and the the needs of the many outnaying the weeds of the slightly fewer and just the concepts of what it would be like to have to destroy an entire planet in order to save the rest of the galaxy. And there's all sorts of things you could do with that that they don't. They just kind of mention that as an aside as they're solving the situation because this is when the, the script starts to nosedive in quality from how bad it already is. So they're like, ah, oh, that's it, the sun, from the beginning of the episode. You remember in the, in the cold teaser? And like, damn it, Jim, I'm a doctor, not someone who watches the cold teaser of an episode. And then they, they're like, well, but it was the sun, and we need to use the power of the sun to kill them. Oh, that's a good idea. We've got all these labs, like 15 labs on the Enterprise. Surely someone can figure out something from the sun that would kill something. They try heat. That doesn't do anything, which is nonsense, by the way. If you actually are heating something up to that degree... Uh, first of all, I'm curious how you're managing that in a lab, and second of all, that's probably going to freaking kill it. If you toss most things into a sun, they're going to die. I don't care how durable they are. Then they try radiation. This is equally stupid because radiation is a horrifically damaging thing, especially that kind of radiation, especially at those levels. But again, doesn't do anything. So that's two levels of stupid. Now we get the third level of stupid, which is even better. Spock and McCoy, the technical geniuses of the show... And all of their labs and all their tests over however much time never figure out to try light. Severe and extreme light. <sighs> Kirk, of course, is the one who comes up with that idea, because why not? And so they're like, okay, let's go simulate the light of the sun. Was it a million candlelight value, something like that? And it kills it! Yay! Perfect! This is awesome! Uh, let's go do a test on the creature and see exactly what killed it. That's a good idea. We need to figure out, we need to do a test on a living host. And everyone agrees on that. I agree too, yep. And we need to do it right now! Wait, what? what, what why, do you, why do you need to do it right now? What's the rush? Now, to really emphasize how immensely stupid this is, this, this is so aggravating. This is, in my opinion, actually bad writing. All three people agree, we have to test this now. It has to happen now. We're in such a hurry. Spock, get in there. And he's blinded. No! And then seconds later, the results from the test come back and, oh, it's a tragedy. If only we'd waited one minute. 60 seconds. Actually, I, I probably should have counted. Because it's less than a minute. If we had waited less than a minute for the lab results and just meandered and, and got through it, and then Spock's getting in the tube, and then it's like, oh, lab results come in. We, it's just the, the one spectrum that killed them. We wouldn't have had the, the fake-out. And see, this is the thing. I could kind of understand them being in a hurry and rushed and stupid, but at the same time, all three of them, all thinking that way, for no reason? Mm, the only, way, the only ju justification I've really had here is that Kirk is eager to save his nephew. Okay. And Spock is eager to be rid of the pain. Okay, I know what it's like to be not quite sane when you're in tremendous pain, as I mentioned earlier. So I'm willing to give a little bit of a pass, but you'd think McCoy would be like, hang on, I, I have Nurse Chapel checking the test right now. Give me give me five minutes, oh, or Jim, give me five minutes. Something, right? Because again, remember, it takes seconds after they finish their conversation for and, and he gets blinded for them to get the test results back. It is a very, very, very short period of time. But no, instead he goes in and gets blinded. And why? So we could have the fake-out. This is even stupider. If Spock had stayed blind, it would be like, well, okay, that's silly, but okay. You know, I'm with it. 
But no, instead he has an inner eyelid, which he's never, he never uses or never even thought about. The same way you don't think about your appendix. What? This is nonsense. And in fact, it's actually fake drama, which I am really not a big fan of. And they, they play it up to, oh, he's blinded. Bones, Bones, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. Bones, Bones, talk to me. It's okay, man. We'll understand. Oh, he's fine. This is not a good episode. This is even ignoring the fact that, you know, I'm pretty sure by the point at which they're at technologically, they could figure out how to make a blind man still do his job. I'm not even talking about Geordi and his thing. That was, that was innovative in the TNG era. I'm just talking about the same basic reasons why blind people can operate and function now in real life. You, you, come on, you can't tell me that you couldn't find up a way to hook up Spock's thing into some kind of braille code or something that he could have like a direct interface or maybe an audible thing, something. No, okay, whatever. It's okay because he's not blind because bullcrap. This is the same damn thing that pissed me off over in ethics, which I have already complained about as, this, as of this point in time. <sighs> I want to add one last thing before we finish off season one here. Actually, two last things. First of all, remember that whole discussion I had about the Horta? Monsters? These are monsters in the exact manner that I explained back in Devil in the Dark. You don't have to think about them. You don't have to acknowledge them. That Whatever sentience or sapience they have. Obviously, they're an intelligent beings. Parasitic, but intelligent. No, no, you don't have to consider anything because they're monsters and it's okay to kill them all, which is what we do. I wonder if we just committed genocide. Huh. Just food for thought. Second thing I wanted to comment on. This is this is just a weird break in trend, isn't it? Here, I wrote down the... What do we got here? So we've got... We had Taste of Armageddon, which is awesome. Spacey, which is awesome. This Side of Paradise, which was awesome. Devil in the Dark, which was awesome. Errand of Mercy, which was amazing. City on the Edge of Her Forever, which was amazing. We had a really good string of episodes there, and then we have this thing. I guess the tr the trend had to be broken? I'm not actually sure what the first Season 2 episode will be in production order. I know that in release order, it's a muck time, so we'll be going back up in quality. I think the last thing I want to comment on, I don't, I'm not going to do a season episode here. I'm just going to comment on Season 1 right now. What do you guys think? What have you thought of Season 1? I have to admit, the quality of Season 1 it actually reminds me a lot of Enterprise, to be completely honest with you. Because there have been some really good episodes and some absolute stinkers and a lamentation. I do think Season 1 TOS is overall better than Season 1 Enterprise. I don't have any hesitation in saying that. But the same pattern is still here. Just in terms of quality. It's all over the place. And I look at this, this show like, God. But of course, I've said that before, haven't I? Twilight Zone Syndrome. So I suppose I was right about that. I will admit I was surprised by how many good episodes were in Season 1. Usually when people speak of TOS and its quality, they speak of Season 2. Which is funny, given the behind-the-scenes shifts that were happening and, and how many people complain about how awful it was working on Season 2 TOS, including uh, Pevney. I've talked about his complaints. Um, Kuhn didn't like working on it. He actually left the show during Season 2, although that was overwork. <laughs> Uh, several of the actors complained, uh, several of the other producers complained, who also ended up leaving the show. A bunch of people didn't like season two because it got so corporate and because they actually had a strict budget and a strict time schedule for all their episodes. 
And yet season two is often considered, just in general consensus, to be the best season. I don't know if that's true or not. We'll see starting well, next week, won't we? Hope you've enjoyed so far, guys. I will, as always, see you next time.